This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that never advocates a rugby tackle in football when a two-footed lunge would do. Indeed. Now, another one of those days at the bridge on Sunday when Chelsea took on uh, Champions Liverpool. Did anybody know they were champions? I'm sure that you know missed most of our attention. Three key mistakes by players whose Chelsea futures are about to expire cost us the game but none more so than Christensen's rugby tackle on Mane, leading to him being sent off. It's difficult enough to beat Liverpool with 11 men on the pitch, but with only 10, it was going to be near impossible. At least we didn't get a thrashing and won't have to play them in the league again until next year. Uh, it's hard to give much serious analysis to a game affected by a sending off, but suffice to say that this Chelsea is unlikely to improve much until the new recruits are bedded in and those who are not good enough are cast out. Until then, 10 men went to mow. Chelsea fan cast number 522. Um, I mean, apart from the fact it was as miserable as sin, it's really nice to see all my people in here tonight. Um, first, of course, first and foremost, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be on the show, as always, Chidge. Thanks for having me with such esteemed company, as always. Uh, I won't reveal who they are, so it'll be a surprise for All everybody. right. Well, the first surprise in the in the in the blue window uh, is Mr. Martin Wickham. Evening, all. How are we doing? I'm um, good, mate. Good to see you. Yeah, yeah likewise. It was a shame we couldn't see each other yesterday, but these are the times we live in, and the first game of the season, home game of the season, rather, kind of brought it home quite starkly. Didn't it just, Martin? We were talking about that before we went on air and it just was wrong on so many levels. Now, somebody who is right on so many levels and a slightly belated happy birthday to him as well. Of course, it was his birthday yesterday 
And of course, we all knew that Chelsea would north it up for him. But there you go. We love him anyway. Uh, Mr. Dan Silva. Hi, guys. Yeah, nearly 330 in dog years. Sounding right. <laughs> I would never, ever call you an old dog, Dan. Yeah. Never, never, ever, ever. But there you go. Right. Where am I? Who am I? What am I doing? Oh, I know. On the show tonight, we discuss the mistakes that led to Chelsea losing 2-0 to Liverpool. Who will be in and who will be out once things settle in? And talking of which... Will Mendy solve our... Will, well, well, will Mendy mend our goalkeeping crisis that probably would have been better written? Uh, in part two, we ask, did Frank get the tactics right uh, but was let down by player errors or was he too cautious in his approach? On the positive side, we look at the performances of Timo Werner, James Zuma and Tomori and we discuss when the new look Chelsea might be ready. And of course, as ever, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the, lap, the live chat page, which so many of you do. And, of course, you can always tweet us at Chelsea fancast any time you like. Now, there's loads of you in the chat room. Loads of you, actually. I mean it. I'm not lying. Sometimes I lie, but I'm not actually lying tonight. Um, good to see you all. Um, Andy the Hutch, Daniel Francisco, keep the blue flag flying int north. Goodness me, who else have we got in there? <clears throat> Nobby Steelers, Sean B, Albert II, Rob Coombe, the lovely Bob Usre, Andrew Self, Kev M, Adam Finnegan, Vince. Vince? I don't, I don't know what... He's got Sheffield Wednesday in his avatar name. I don't know what that's about. Mark Meehan's in the house, the lovely Claire McConnell, David Hurst, Paul Burgess, Moniaki, Yarin Levy... Vinod's in there, Yaroslav. Oh God, there's everybody. I mean, it's, if only we could all be in a pub drinking, Martin. Yeah, that, and not yeah. drinking water. Well, indeed, uh, there is always that. So there we go. Now, after this very short interlude, we will be talking more football. Chelsea nil, Liverpool two, uh, a scoreline no, none of us want to hear, but uh, I do swear it could have been a lot worse. But I think, you know, I think you really can just drill it down to three mistakes uh, by, you know, Christensen getting sent off, uh, Alonso's poor defending, Kepa's poor positioning, and then Kepa playing Marnie in, which completely and utterly, you know, changed the fabric of the game. And and that's the point, isn't it, uh, Martin? Sendings off change games. Um, I think the other thing that interests me, and actually, to be fair to Sky, not that I ever like to be fair to Sky, um, they actually did did talk about this and get this quite spot on. Actually, I think remarkably, it might have been, even been Jamie Redknapp. But it's interesting, isn't it, that the three players who made those key mistakes are very likely not to be in the first team going forward, as in Christensen, Alonso and Kepa. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first you're saying about a rugby tackle earlier from Christensen. I think if you do that in the NFL, you get a penalty against you. It was a bloody horse collar challenge. And if you do it in rugby, yeah, it's a sim bin and a fence at least. It was ridiculous. I thought it was a bit of a stretch them saying that he made it was partly Kepper's fault he made the challenge, but it was a breakdown in communication because 
they both came for the same ball. So no doubt if Christensen hadn't got there, Kepper would have probably either gone straight through him or missed the ball completely, and it's an open goal for Mane. So it's yeah, it's much of a much. So I think Alonso, he was poor against Brighton as well. I think Lamptey roasted him quite a few times, and certainly I think Liverpool had the most um, encouraging encouraging worker theirs was on that side and the proven for the goal was the one two they pulled him out of position and early on there was that excursion that Kepper took coming out of his area for the ball and it was because um Alonso was dawdling and didn't see Salah running behind him. So yeah, I think I don't know how soon Chilwell's gonna be fit to play, but I would imagine he takes over immediately in that position. And the same goes for Thiago Silva. I don't think he's quarantining anymore because he was at the ground. But now the sooner he comes in, the better. And as for Kepa, we're going to talk about him later. But I personally think Frank, he made the decision in July after his horror show at Anfield. And I think specifically that ball across the six-yard box and three players screaming at him to claim it. And he just took him out the firing line then and then didn't play him in the cup final, didn't play him in the league decider for fourth place, didn't play him in the Champions League. I thought it was curious at best, that he was put back in for these first two games. And lo and behold, he's made a mistake in each one and concede, we've conceded goals as a consequence. It's, he's, it's, he's, made, he's made more than one, Martin, hasn't he? Well, one that led to a, one that leads to a goal. There's been other yeah, yeah. howlers, of course. Yeah. But I, I tell you what, though, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not inclined to pin the blame uh, on the sending off on, on Kepper. I think that one's absolutely on Christensen for being woefully out of position. Um, and and also maybe for I mean I read a very interesting thing on Twitter. Sometimes you do read interesting things on Twitter, and actually I thought the bloke's tactical analysis on this was very very good. Is that really you need your centre backs to be fairly you know aware of where each other are, and he was out of position, and that's why Henderson punted that ball forward to to Mane. Great ball, and yeah. and knew that that would exploit the gap that Christensen left. Dan, it's actually fair play. Mane made the most incredible run from. Liverpool's left behind Christensen. So it was an absolutely fantastic run. But there's no one shouting that man on. You know, it's literally nobody. Zuma, where we, I mean, he could have been doing that. He's a yeah, centre-back well, colleague, isn't he? Yeah. Rhys James is too far up, I guess, because he made the run from Rhys James' side, arced himself behind Christensen. By the time Christensen turned, Manley had that yard he needed to get away. But Zuma didn't come across. And there's no one coming across. So kept it didn't seem to me there's any communication say man what on. what dan no, no communication yeah. in the chelsea defense surely yeah. not surely yeah, not i just made my head on mute i was in a pub I mean, no but it was, it, 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 was, it was a fantastic one which he's very good at and henderson's ball was right on the money so you know give, give yeah. them credit for some good football but nonetheless it, it was sunday football at its best wasn't it it's you you get the ball you notice that there's nobody in the middle and uh, and you 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 boot the ball up and hope that your centre forward runs onto it quickly. Uh, no, I totally disagree. That was that was a he saw he saw Manny making the run and he hit a perfect pass. He, yeah, but it's Dan, it's Dan, Dan, I'm I'm agreeing with you. It's exactly, oh, but it's exactly the same thing if you think about it. Basic it's football, route one. Yeah, it's the basic quality of it. He's Marnie, uh, right? He's a, it was a great run. I agree, but nonetheless, you've got nobody in the middle. You've got Henderson with the ball, and he yeah. just thinks I'll play it into the space. Great pass, nonetheless, because they're top professional players. But in the end, you think, excuse me, what is going on there? And then for Christensen, rather than to make a challenge that at least, you know, he might get away with, puts his arms round him and throws him to the ground. For fuck's <laughs> sake, what is that? 
I thought you know, just I completely, my heart completely sank. You just think, what is going on here? This idiocy, and also Kepper. You know why they complained about him? Just let him go right for out. a minute, Dan. Go he on. He was going yeah, to go for a minute. He was going to go for the ball, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Kepper was going to get the ball. So why? Well, Christ- maybe, maybe not. Well, maybe, but well, at least the alternative is why didn't Christian think I'll try and no, get no, round? No, I've got him. a better one. The alternative should have been that yes. Christian should have been intelligent enough to let Kepper go for it, and Kepper yes. gets sent off. <laughs> yes, yes, or or Kepper at least Kepper knocks into him, and then there's a debate as to whether he's going to be sent or off. Or Kepper not. bumps into Christensen, and they both get taken <laughs> off. Yes, both yeah. get taken off. Perfect. We would have been and, in a much better no, position. They, and Marnie, it gets taken out as well, yeah. and the ball rolls pathetically into the goal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but no, but regardless of that, I mean, I just you know, I mean, we're going to get onto this, but tactically, I was thinking. What the fuck well, is that? No, no, let's let's hold on to that one. We got. I know, but I just to give you that. Little, well, that's little, got nothing to do with Christensen being a twat and rugby no, but, tackling somebody. No, but it has in the fact that no, in the sense. That the, no, it is. It's the very first attack that they seem to have done when they pressed and got out of position Actually, in the whole of that, the heart. I take that back. You, you know what? I take that back for two reasons. One, because I agree with you, and secondly, because I wrote that in my notes. So clearly, clearly you've read my notes. And I haven't read your notes. No, I take, I take it back from taking it back then. Now, look, Martin had his hand up a minute ago, and then I want to speak yeah, yeah, to Dan. Yeah, enough, I, know, I know Dan enough. wants to come back, but Martin, what say it you? Was, it was to just repeat the point Jonathan just made. That was, I think, the first time we'd started to push up a little bit. Certainly in the opening 25 minutes, yeah. we were very playing a fairly low block and frankly quite passive and meek, pushed yeah. up a little bit, got done on the counter. It's yeah. the story of last season as well. Indeed, it's the story of the cup final as well. Yeah. Big, big, big boot down the pitch, can't deal with it. Um, Dan, what, what's the point you wanted to make, mate? Well, I was just going to similar to what Martin was saying. Also, I thought we got away with it when he gave the yellow card at first. And the minute yeah. we went over to the monitor, I thought, oh dear, we're going to get red. Me too. Can, no, that that, that, that ref should be getting a demotion for giving a yellow in the first place. How you yeah. can look at that and give a yellow is beyond me. And, and the, I don't know if you watched the, um, the Villa game, exactly the same thing happened today. The ball over the top in the, in the Villa Sheffield United game got a red card straight away. I've uh, not watched it. I, I only watched Chelsea, Dan, you know that. Uh, Jonathan, you wanted to make a quick point? I just want to make a quick point about the referees. Um, uh, it, it's intriguing how allowing the referee to go to the monitor and make the decision puts the power absolutely back in the refs because the ego their ego that they had last season was i'm not going to i'm going to make the decision it's all down to me i don't care what var says is completely changed if he's given the option of allowing to make he makes the decision himself and it's something rather pathetic and obvious but he then comes away with the power and doesn't look undermined but I think no, I don't think any. I I don't see anybody on Chelsea on the Twitter, all the people I follow anyway, that thought that it wasn't a penalty. So I have to say to him, well, fair play for looking, and he got the decision right. Now listen, we got a, a quick email on the Christensen issue. Sending hmm? off, you mean, not a penalty. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the sending off. Thanks, yeah, Jonathan. Good, good, good. Yeah, no, no, it's no, been a long day, you know. No, no, it's been, no, no, it's just been a long suddenly, year. I thought suddenly we were in the second half. It's actually, it's been a long decade. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, enough. Right, we've got an email, and you know, I'm, because I let you see, people think that I'm an absolute, complete, and utter dictator, which of course is true. But I'm a dictator that listens, which means I'm a benign dictator, and I've you're listened. A di- you're a dictator. I am indeed that too. Uh, 
Now, I've listened to Jonathan, who said, you know, we get these emails in. We get these emails in from people, and they, they, they actually talk about the stuff we're talking about. Why don't you put them up there rather than shove all of the... And I've done it tonight, so John, Jonathan should be very pleased. That impression of me? Yeah, I thought it was quite a good one. What do you think, Dan, Martin? Is that a Jonathan Kidd impression that or what? Me? That Not me, sure. That kind of impression. You, <laughs> you, look at you two. Splinters up your arses. I just, just like, didn't sound a thing like him, to be honest. I closed my eyes. I mean, it could, could have been J.K. Circa 1985. That's when you're doing the terms and conditions, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I like I like the one you're doing on talk sports at the moment, the very Chumonly Warner one with the scratches. Oh, do you like all of them? I do. Yeah, 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 thank you. Thank the, the, you. Association football. Association football. Wireless. Wireless. <laughs> I love it. I, that I sounded like Alan Brazil. Oh, that's true. <laughs> enough. <laughs> enough. I mean, we're, we're, we're 15 minutes in. It's already descended into chaos, mainly because of me. So I should shut up and get on with the email that I was going to read out, which was from John Chips Chiverton. And he says, hi, Chidge and co. I'm absolutely shocked how a professional player like Anders Christensen thinks he can get away with one of the most slovenly tackles I've ever seen. I've no idea how much he earns a week, but I guess it takes me a few years to earn what he does in a week. I do my job and I do it right. He had a split second to do a risk assessment, which he is paid for, and he fucked up massively. His mother, Helena, I joke, must be so proud. Very disappointed, John, tonight. De- take care all. Well, cheers, John. I I, I feel your pain, mate, but uh, I'm afraid, you know, we're all humans and we do we all, we all all make mistakes. Even you and me, hard though I know that is to believe. Um, right. Didn't uh, the Human League have a song about that, Chidge? Uh... I'm only human, flesh really? and blood, a man. Being boiled, I think, would have been more appropriate. Uh, that's more appropriate, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they did do that too. I like Human League, actually. It reminds me of when I was young and beautiful. Anyway, um, right, moving on. Uh, I think, I mean, you know, I'm taking kind of a bit of a global view before we get into the kind of the, the granular detail in part two. But uh, And obviously I want to talk about Kepper in a bit more depth in a minute, but you know, as always, the usual meltdowns on Twitter, um, you know, yada, 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 yada. But I think I think if anything, I mean, this and the Brighton game for that matter, because I mean, going back to, to the mistakes I was talking about, I mean, we know it. We know Alonso can't defend. This is not a bloody surprise. Um, the interesting tactical analysis I was, I was reading on Twitter also said that actually Kepper was far too over to the left hand side therefore leaving the goal completely open for Mane. Okay, it was a great cross by Firmino and a great header, but you know, Kepa got attracted uh, to the ball like a like a moth to a to a flame. So a little bit culpable for that. And of course, you could also argue that Tamori should have just booted it in Rosette, but of course, we all know that Frank and Jody are telling all defense that they have to play out from the back and this is what they have to do. And frankly, Kepa made an absolute I mean, talk about dropping a bollock. I mean, good god, it was awful. But the thing is, we know this. We know that these players are not good enough. We know that these players make sense. And I and I just think it's, there's a sense that we're not the full ticket yet. Um, and, and these guys are not going to play when the likes of Mendy... I mean, obviously, Christian's not going to play because he's going get to a, get a ban. But, you know, Mendy, Silva, Chilwell come in. Kepa, Christensen, Alonso don't play. Plus the fact, you know, we still haven't got Pulisic and Zayic. And that, too, is going to help. So that's kind of my rant on that. Now, what I really want to talk about is is this Kepa thing because um, it occurred to me, two things occurred to me. One, um, yes, I think he 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 is really poor, but I, I I think it's really telling when you when you see somebody like Jamie Carragher 
beginning to feel sorry for him. And I have to say, I had a I had a bit of a an epiphany last night about this, and I just and and I, actually this guy, I can't remember his, his name now. I think he 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 does NBC's coverage in the states, and um, he uh, does Men in Blazers, and I and I will find his tweet because it's actually well worth uh well worth reading out. Uh, I liked it, so it should be easy to find. Um, but, 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 but I don't like. I say I, I was about to say I don't like many tweets, so it should be easy to find. But actually, I like loads of them. I'm far too generous on Twitter. What's going on? Anyway, this is Roger Bennett actually, and I and I really thought this was good. He's at Rog R O G Bennett Kepper, world's most expensive goalkeeper, disintegrating into a puddle of his own self confidence with the world watching. The position could be one of the most lonely and psychologically damaging in sports getting to the point where we begin to worry for the 25-year-old. Now, I saw that after I kind of... I mean, I didn't mean to tick Matt, who does the uh, you know Straight Out of Cobham podcast, but they kind of said we want to like... It was a bit kind of, you know, sensationalist. You know, oh, let's all... let Give us your questions on Kepa. And I kind of said, look, mate, you know, maybe we should just get off his case. We all know he's rubbish. He knows he's rubbish. But, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a very lonely place being a goalkeeper, and it's an even lonelier one when you're making such an ass of yourself every week in that kind of spotlight and that gaze of publicity and of course my mind went to Robert uh, Enker the mm-hmm. German goalkeeper who who tragically committed suicide now okay I think there are no similarities between him and, and Kepper but I think it makes you think the huge amount of opprobrium and pressure that this kid kid he's 25 years old he's 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 over well I mean Jonathan and I are more than twice his age he's a kid doesn't matter how much money he's earning, you know. I mean, he's playing for a big club. I don't know. Elite sportsmen have got to, got to, you know, be successful. But I just felt that we've 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 forgotten the human uh, angle on this. And and this is a guy who is just absolutely struggling. And I felt I really felt for him, J.K. Last night, I have to yeah. be honest. I'm very pleased that the the home crowd wasn't there because I think he would have been completely eviscerated by. The home crowd who would have that so many people would have gotten his back um after the second mistake i mean they're knowing that they think he's dodgy anyway and the fact that he'd already raced out of the goal um uh with that great caballero moment earlier on and uh and decided not to catch the ball and punch it out um uh he's clearly in a terrible state and and i i don't understand why frank picked him yeah as you were saying earlier i do think that is really peculiar unless they thought He's doing well in training. Perhaps he'll, perhaps he'll come good. Perhaps there is pressure from the board to say, "Look, he's you know seventy-one million. Let's let's see if we can sculpt him into something." Or once again, perhaps he's playing a lot better in training, and he gets out in front of a team and he makes these glaring errors. But uh, um, I, I just they I, I don't I, he, he's going to play Caballero anyway, as he said against Barnsley. So let's hope that I don't. I mean, I don't think if they sign Mendy this week that he'll play at the weekend. I think he'll probably. I hope he'll play Caballero again. Um, but it, it's it's become ridiculous now, hasn't it? We're all expecting absolutely ridiculous errors, and hey, we're getting worse than ridiculous errors. We're getting appalling, game-changing errors. I just just want to pick pick up on a on a on a really good theme you made there with the with the boys here actually, which something occurred to me. Uh, go to you first, Martin. But no, no doubt you want to chip in as well, Dan. But I, I kind of, I, I kind of feel for Frank in a way because, 
you know, Frank, Frank's, I mean, Frank's never, never had a a, a dip in form and, and and such public embarrassment as Kepa has. So in a way, he can't empathise with that. And I suspect that Frank's, Frank's belief would be just back him, keep, keep giving him a chance. I believe in him. He's good enough and he'll come through, but he clearly isn't. He, he is drowning in this. And I kind of also wondered, and this is why I think Frank's between a rock and a hard place, because my feeling last night was this guy needs protecting from himself. You know, he, you, you cannot keep putting him in these positions where he is making such a complete mess of himself and then factor in the fact that it's a goalkeeper and psychologically, if anybody's read Albert Camus, which I'm sure you all have, you will understand what I'm talking about. Are we about. talking about uh, uh, the myth of Sisyphus or uh, the plague? No, we're or... talking more about the stranger. Oh, are we? Okay. So, anyway, we move on. Um, the fact is that, you know, psychologically, goalkeepers are in a very different uh, psychological space than all the other footballers because, you know, when they mis- make a mistake, it's their mistake and it, and it usually costs the t- all that kind of stuff. So I wonder, Martin, maybe whether Frank could and should have protected Kepper from this situation, just got him out the, sh- the, 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 the limelight of it. Absolutely. He should have. The minute he made the decision to drop him, in July, before the game against Wolves that decided fourth place, they should have stuck with that decision. What you're saying about Frank not having a dip in form comparable to Kepper, I also think the fact that he played in an outfield position where if you maybe don't have your best game, yeah, it may not lead to quite as obviously to you know conceding a goal or whatever. Whereas if you're a keeper and you make a mistake, nine times out of ten it's going to lead to a goal being conceded. If we, you know, as we're playing Liverpool, I think the comparison is um, Loris Carrius in the Champions League final. He made an absolute howler in a massively high-profile game, and that was him. That was the end of it. Again, absolutely right. Yeah, well, he, he was loaned out, and he still appeared to be making mistakes when he was loaned out. So, you know, the psychological effect of these things cannot be underestimated. I'm, that's certainly your profession, not mine. But it just seems to me that he should. The minute he had that moment with this and I will go back to it he just froze on the six yard line on his goal line with a ball going across the box that he should have claimed and he couldn't do it that was that should have been the trigger moment just get him out of there whatever's going on whether it needs a sports psychologist or whatever but he he can't play and he's just and he, he thing was as well it was more obvious in Brighton when he made the mistake the look on his face after I said, I think I tweeted it. He just looked haunted. Yeah, he does. I think Dan. I mean, what would what would you add to that? I mean, particularly, yeah. you know, like I said, I, I do feel I'm not trying to dig Frank out here. I think he's between a rock and a hard place. You know, do, if if he does, he's damned. If he doesn't, he's damned. But I I personally think that maybe he should have, like Martin was saying, actually after the, you know, he dropped him for Wolves, should have just like said, no, no, no. You know, you need months out before you can regain your confidence. Yeah, I mean, I think what the point I was going to make, I think one of the Spanish journalists, it might have been Gillian Balagay, um, said something about Kepa, that he's a, he's very much a small-town boy, and part of his problem is adapting to to coming to being, you know, completely in the huge, you know, that is Chelsea. And he's, even though there's his family, he's really struggled to fit into to London life, and that also has a huge impact on on your, you know, your, your mental health and everything else. And <clears throat> having to turn off all your social media because you're getting so much abuse can't help either. And- really just it's been a horrible downward spiral and, and he just can't get out of it he, he needs to get away from the club for a year maybe two years just to <clears throat> try and rebuild his fragile confidence this, is a, the, the this is a guy who not so long ago basically gave a manager the flick because he wanted to stay on for a penalty shootout so it's not it's whatever's happened he's 
relatively recent because he was clearly a confident <laughs> character. Otherwise, you wouldn't have. You would never have told done Sarri that, to he? piss off at Wembley, would he? Absolutely. Split up with his long-term girlfriend as well about six, eight months ago, and they'd been together, Charter Sweethearts as well. Which plus the combination of not settling in London, you know, like look at Crespo, you know. What had to be couldn't settle in London, and he had, he had to he had to be. Yeah, had to didn't, didn't affect his form necessarily. I mean, I think I think the interesting thing is Dan, and and I would well actually, do you know what? Bless your hearts, I would expect all of you to be very sympathetic, nay empathetic to this situation. But you know, in in a sense, it it just shows. I mean, look, you know, I I know I know they're footballers and they earn loads of money, and we expect the most ridiculously unexpected things from them, but. They are human, and and I think this applies to everybody. You you never know what somebody is going through. You know what what experience they're having in life, because people always put out a front. You never know what's going on with people, and and to hammer into people without knowing that, um, okay, I I get it. It's a human trait. We all do it. I do it. But you know, it's just worth bearing that in mind sometimes. And I think I think that absolutely applies. To Kepper, we don't know what else is going on for him other than the, the fact that, as I said, he must it must be awful for him at the moment. Um, let's let's park that. Sorry, The focus is so much on the goalkeeper because he's so integral, and the and if he's world class, he keeps you in the game. If he makes the simplest error, uh, you, you you lose the opportunity to to win or even get points because the, as as Frank keeps saying, it's very fine margins. You have to remember that. Uh, a terrible player that Frank actually had in the team with him was was Kesman, who we, we all in the end Baldrick, um, uh, yeah, had unbelievable sympathy for because he couldn't score, but it was because he was at the other end of the pitch. Yeah. But what the club did was that at the end of the season he was moved on, yeah, and and it, this hasn't happened with Kepper, and and uh, and uh, we're, we're 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 reaping that whirlwind as a consequence because. Uh, he should never have been selected for these two games. It's absolutely well, ridiculous. Just to put a line under that, what I would say is, you know, I know that um, a lot of the, a lot of not just Premier League clubs, a lot of football, uh, professional football clubs have a, a lot of what I would call kind of psychotherapeutic support. So counselors and stuff and psychologists and what have you, you know, helping their players out. And and I, I, I mean, you know, my my personal experience with Chelsea is that they are actually an incredibly caring club um not not least with their players and i would imagine he is i i would i would imagine i don't know for a fact but i would imagine and i absolutely hope that kepper is getting a lot of support behind the scenes because he certainly needs it now um it looks pretty certain chaps that mendy's coming in i mean the beeb announced that that's a done deal 4 hours ago now i don't know much about him obviously we know he plays for ren um he's 6 foot 7 Big thumb up from for me from that. I like a big commanding keeper, but I've got some stats here, which might intrigue you all. Uh, he kept nine clean sheets in twenty four league earn appearances compared to Kepa's eight clean sh- uh, sheets in thirty three Premier League appearances. His save percentage was seventy six point three percent, and he conceded a goal every one hundred and fourteen minutes. Kepa's save percentage being fifty three point five percent, conceding a goal every sixty three minutes. However. Kepa's passing accuracy, uh, the one to Mane notwithstanding, was or maybe that was an accurate pass, who knows? It was 79.7% compared to Mendy's 70.1%. My own feeling on this, and I was kind of having a natter with the delightful uh, Kelvin Barker, you know, of this parish, who John and I, Jonathan and I have had a lot of fun with uh, on the 50-year shows recently. But our, our feeling is that really Mendy, particularly when you consider he's 28, is really nothing more than a stopgap, J.K., 
Um, I'm not convinced that'd be the case. I don't think they're going to. Um... He's no odd black, I think, is what I'm saying. Well, but he has the potential to be an odd black in the way that Petr Cech was no Bonetti or no Seaman or whoever. But because we, we knew nothing about him, but it was an immense piece of business with getting Petr Cech in. And you would hope the situation with having Czech involved, uh, clearly running the rule of thumb over him, was we're going to get somebody pretty decent. And it's his old club anyway. So uh, I, I, I would, uh, if it is a stopgap, it's a stopgap. Let's see how he does. But because they need a, a really top-class goalkeeper to compete. We've established that. If it turns out that he is the top-class goalkeeper, well, then they know they, they'll save money if he is a stopgap. You know, it's 32 million of a stopgap and you've still got Kepa. Now, what are they going to do with him? Where, where's he going to go out? No, no, nobody's going to take Kepa, is he? I mean, boys, uh, Dan, Martin, Dan, have you you got any views on Mendy? I, I haven't seen anything about him, so I really don't know. I mean, he's... Yeah, I don't, so he's... I, I, you mean you didn't watch Ren last season, mate? Come no, on. No, no, no. They were on BT Sport. I don't have it. Um... <laughs> I've watched some vid of him. Jonathan, we, I knew I could rely. You're such a geek. I love you. You've, watched, you've, you've seen videos of Mendy. Is yeah. he Bendy? That's what I want to know. Very bendy. Bendy, mendy. I didn't see him watch, once catch the ball. All I saw him was stop. He looks a great shot stopper. But to be fair, the video didn't provide anything. All they did was have shot, um, shot after shot of him stopping shot after shot. So, uh, you know, they were just showing how good he was. I mean, just very commanding. Dan. I was going to say, Peter Check recommends it. That's a good enough recommendation. Yeah, yeah. yeah completely. I mean, the, the weird, the weird thing actually yesterday, and I mean, you know, I mean, what what the mix of people don't know. I, I really should publish these. I don't know why. I mean, why anybody would be interested with in my kind of match rantings is beyond, you know, understanding. But, um, you know, I, I I did note this down. I actually thought, you know, okay, the second goal, first goal, and the second goal apart. I don't think he was that bad. I mean, he actually caught quite a few crosses. He made a couple of really good saves, one from outside the box, and we all know what his track record like that is. I actually thought, if if you strip away all of the brouhaha about him at the moment, I don't think he had a, a, a really bad game. Of course, as, as always, and this goes back to the point I was making, if you're a goalkeeper and you make a mistake like he did for the Mane goal, then everybody will forget anything good you did in, in the last two years, let alone the, the yeah. game. But so, in a sense, it's rightly so. Well, you know, when, no. when, when, when um, um, Besant kept making those howlers, yeah. we all just put him out. You know, well, but I know, it, we're going to get into that, aren't we, this week? I think. Yeah. yeah, he'd been a wonderful, wonderful goalkeeper yeah. and it all suddenly fell apart. I know, he you didn't did. go, ah, oh, well, we'll keep him in because he did really well last season. You went, actually, no, he's no, not good enough. Well, fair enough. I, I, I'm, I'm, it, it's, it would be stupid of me to try and argue against you on that much as I would love to. It really would because, you know, that's the way it works. Martin, last word on you uh, from you on Mendy. I honestly do not know a thing about him quite honestly so I'm not I'm not even going to try and well, bluff it but that, that said if Petr Cech is going back to his old club and um you know trying to you know get an inside track on a few players if he could um have a word about Eduardo Camavinga that might be well an avenue well worth trying because he looks quality yeah well I'd like to say the quality of the fan cast is as it as good as it always has been you know we leave the details to London is blue <laughs> Senegalese goalkeepers aren't my specialist subject. I do apologise. Well, okay, on, on that on that bombshell, I just trying to say. I watched a bit of vid. Well, I know. I, I, I rare, isn't it? That's well, very rare. No, I you I know you. I know you very well, and I know that you do actually. You obsess about this club, and you do watch all this stuff. I've got other things to do with my life. I'm I'm a bit of a classic, you know, 
dilettante who does this kind of stuff. In other words, I just roll up, you know, one minute to seven, wing it, know, wing it, and then fuck off and do something else, you know, like talk to the missus or whatever. But uh, did I tell you I bought an allotment? No, no, I God, bought an allotment. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Man. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have, bee, I'm gonna have bees and everything, oh, and man. Wellington boots and oh, a flat cap, and I can invite you all. I can invite you all down for a yeah, pint okay. in my shed. Yeah. All we can do is, you can, if you get a shotgun, you can, you know, break the six regulations and just yeah. claim you're shooting well, grouse. Well, I, I checked on this, Martin. I don't think I'm quite allowed to have a shotgun, but I am allowed to have an air rifle to shoot rats. BB gun or something. Which, which do actually populate allotments. Anyway, I, I, how we digress into that, I will never know. Um, talking of shotguns and rats and BB guns, uh, we should promote CFC UK. Not that there's any connection whatsoever between what I've just said and the CFC UK. It is absolutely, without any shadow of a doubt, the best fanzine of all football clubs, let alone Chelsea. Uh, and I absolutely delight uh, in writing for it, as to so many of the Chelsea fan cars. I was thinking about this earlier on, actually, is that, you know, in a sense, the Chelsea fan cars should be the official podcast of CFC UK. After all, a couple of the original uh, CFC UK writers bloody started doing the fan cars before I nicked it. Uh, and I write for it. Dean writes for it. Clayton writes for it. I mean, so- Marco writes for it. So many people that are regulars on the fan cars write for this. So, so there you go. Uh, go out and get it. Now, once upon a time... Once upon a time, there were things called football matches. And at these football matches, in the region of about 42,000 people, would go, I know this sounds strange, but they would go to a match and watch the football. And on the way to the football match, a lot of them would actually stop at the CFC UK stall. And sometimes they would buy the fanzine. If they didn't do that, they'd walk up Fulham Road. But of course, that was like prehistory. That doesn't happen anymore. Uh, so now we have to get it online or by the old post. And it's easy to do. Just subscribe online at cfcuknet, sorry, cfcuk.net uh, to get it online. And if you want it by the post, then uh, send your address uh, to cfcuk at gate17.co.uk and subscribe. Um, I think it costs, I think you get, it's about 15 quid a year to subscribe. But I think if you want them individually, it's two quid. Uh, including first-class postal delivery. Right, after that, after this break, in fact, we'll be back to talk more about the Liverpool game. Cheech. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Cheech, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live... <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great! Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> where do I sign up, Jidge? 
Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, uh, welcome back. This is Stanford Chidge, and of course, this is the Chelsea Fancast of number 522, 10 Men Went to Mo. And I've got a lovely, lovely gathering of uh, sensible people tonight, and they are Mr. Jonathan Kidd, Whoop. Mr. Dan Silver, yo, yo. and Mr. Martin Wickham. Evening. Um, Three, two out of three of my favourite drinking buddies in the cock. Another thing, the cock tavern, I should hasten to add, uh, which is my favourite pub. Of Thank course. God for clarifying that. Martin was, Martin was looking. Martin and Dan were looking very worried then, but uh, I, miss, I miss the pub and I miss having a drink and and the Atlas, of course. I mean, Becca put up some lovely uh, footage of me swearing in the Atlas last night just to remind me what I'm missing. I did ask what the stat was about. Well, I, no idea. I can't remember, mate. We were. I think. I think that might have been after we lost to Tottenham, and I was well tanked up. Oh, you weren't the only one. Yeah, we, yeah, but we were so happy at the end of it because we got so pissed. Anyway, yeah. we digress. Um, now, we alluded to this in, in, in part one uh, about, you know, the tactical thing. I mean, I, I, my own view is that I actually thought that we were we were doing okay in the first half. I mean, you know, Marco made a point. Actually, talking of the Atlas mod, Marco made a point on Twitter. He said, if, if Chelsea defend any deeper, they'll be in the Atlas pub, which, of course, those of us who know where it is know it's about a mile and a half north of the uh, the North Stand, the Matthew Harding end, which is a valid point. But, I, I th- you know, it was really interesting. I talked to uh, Talk Sport on Saturday night and was having a ding dong with them about what we should do and I I felt actually we should have a bit of a go at them but we needed to be quite cautious. You know, Leeds proved that they 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 can be vulnerable at the back. We did when we lost 5-3. But what you absolutely shouldn't be doing is pressing them high and and leaving a huge amount of space because they are deadly on the counter attack. Um so I actually thought that it was quite a chess game the first half and I thought we were more than we were actually coming into the game 15 minutes to go. Hence my point, saying that Christensen screwed it up by getting sent off. But there was a lot of other people that were saying that actually, you know, this was awful, negative, cautionary tactics by Frank Lampard out, yada, 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 all this bullshit, which I, I really fundamentally don't disagree with. But Jonathan Jonathan started the ball rolling. So I'll go to Jonathan and then you, Dan, yeah? But Jonathan started the ball rolling on this in part one. I mean, am I being a bit rose-tinted here or have I got a point? No, I just thought it was it was interesting that he played tactically with it. He didn't do what we did when we beat them in the cup. He didn't do what we did when we played them in the league. He didn't he didn't duke it out. He didn't do what Leeds did. They've got this new coach, Chelsea, called Anthony Barry, haven't they, who is a defensive coach, who you wonder why they didn't have him earlier on. 
And the, he had a big influence on the Brighton game in that he, we, even though we played dreadfully, no, we were we very... Well. And this is my point. Chidge, thank you for stating the bleeding obvious. That's this what I'm is here exactly, for, JK, you know me. Exactly, thank you. Yeah, well, you're, you're nudging me along. This is what they did. They defended much more capably. And you could tell, you could tell there, was, there was some kind of planning going on in the defensive aspect. The dilemma with at the moment is that they, they were defensively very good. But is that what this team is going to be playing for the rest of the year defensively? I'll get, I'll get to you, Dan. I'll get to you. Is uh, it, it's like question time, isn't it, on uh, 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 Parliament? Somebody, you know, the, the speaker is pointing somebody out. And he probably puts a, everybody at home, we're on Zoom. So order, put, order. You know, Dan's put his finger up. Well, or even two fingers. No, just the one, one finger. One not, finger. One finger. Not the middle one. To come in. Just the not the middle one. Just to come in. But it 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 was so. Therefore, this is why people have complained. One of whom, of course, was uh, our esteemed Clayton, who completely went off on one about what on earth were we doing? Because he felt it negates why have you got all these excellent players if you're playing like Burnley or you're playing like Bournemouth did if you're playing like defensively but it's almost to me as if the, it was almost as if they're they're trying it out they know they can do that but you thought and almost the season started too soon for me that they're that they're attempting to defend this way and not in and then breaking and using the strength supposedly of Werner but to me if you're going to have going to be breaking you need to have another forward up with Werner rather than putting the pressure on him because it doesn't work at the moment but we're then getting into this situation of thinking this is a team that will not be the team that plays again for the rest of the season. So, um, in actual fact, let's let's just think, all right, he wanted to play this way. It was working very well, despite it being um, just containing and something you think these players are much better than. They can actually, they can actually put Liverpool to the sword here, but they contained them. And I thought, second half, they could have come up and gone up a notch and possibly nicked it. Not and I still felt... Chidge, thank you. Well, of course, 10 men completely fucked it. But still, there was an element of the quality of it. You're thinking, well, we got a penalty. If he'd scored the penalty, yeah. that would still have put the cat among I, the I actually thought that there were periods in the second half where they played really, really they well. They started playing well. well. But let's look at the aspects of it. Can Kante... Uh, had a very decent game. Well, let's let, tell you what. Let, let, let's pause we're that. Gonna we, get we, we're going to get on right, to right. that. Dan's been very patient. Dan, Dan so. had his finger up. I just started speaking of Dan. How, how, how do you how do you know he didn't have his finger up his nose? Uh, no, 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 because it was hovering. It wasn't right. going anywhere near his. Dan, Dan, yeah. Dan, Dan. Dan. We just paid probably paid Liverpool a bit too much respect. I think he went maybe with the emphasis that we don't want to lose, hence the way we set how we were. And again, as JK's made point, my. Saving grace from this is four or five of those players will not be regular first team players. Yeah, yeah. Had we had a full strength team out, I think it would have been a much more aggressive attack by the game. Because we had, we had you to hope, play. you hope, you hope, Dan. I think we would have done. I think we had like playing the, the optimum team that we're looking yeah. at, which has got six extra players in it, yeah. and we hope would play much more pressing and supposed to sitting back all the time. Yeah, because Mount, Mount, Mount Havertz were not in their best positions. No, absolutely right. Absolutely. Yeah. Let, let, him fin- let him finish his point. Yeah, so yes, I, I think it, we we played probably a bit too much respect to Liverpool, but then I think Liverpool took their foot off the gas at 2-0 yeah. and were just yeah. controlling the game. I think had Liverpool wanted to step it up, they would have really gone to town. I think they just really control, they controlled the game very nicely. They bought on Alcantara and I think he had a really positive impact on their team. I think it was... Listen, football's always fine margins. Sending off, as we know, change the game completely. 
we go into half time, you know, no, it's a different game. But we Can knew play. it would, Dan, didn't you? Didn't I yeah, knew I the, away, second I thought myself, the second that Christensen got sent off, I thought that's absolutely yeah, the end of I, 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 I felt that too. Yeah, straight away my heart sank I thought, you know, be lucky to be lucky to get zero um in yeah, the game. Yeah. I I think listen, this this team is still still advancing. This is the first time we spent money. He's got to interrogate interrogate, integrate six new players. I think well, the real Chelsea will probably start seeing in sort of mid October. Well, fit. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, I'll round up on that. I mean, Martin, I mean, there, there were some questions that, I mean, I'm just looking back at my, my match notes and, and I, I pulled out a couple of, uh, I mean, like old Sid Celery, who, who I know a lot of people think are mad. I, I love H. I've had a few beers with H. He really does know his onions and he is absolutely, unquestionably not a nappy shitter. And what he said while it was going on, playing well, opportunities only being missed by fractions, but very positive. Good recoveries by... Liverpool, to be fair, always think Liverpool's extra ruthlessness in attack will make us pay. But let's see. And of course, then Christensen got sent off. So all bets off. The, th- the things that I noticed, Martin, at the beginning, which I didn't really understand. Um, and I think this kind of underland, in, in a sense, complements what Dan and Jonathan were saying, because I totally agree. I, I, I do think that Frank went in not to lose, knowing that he doesn't have his strongest team able to pick at the moment. But that being said, what I couldn't understand was unless he's still not fit, I can't understand why Aspie didn't start as left back instead of Alonso. I think you can't drop James at the moment; he's playing too well. And we know that Christensen and uh, and Tamori had a good game against Brighton. I can't understand why he played Havertz as a false nine, even though I know that Havertz has played as a false nine. Um, but there you go. And I really can't understand why Jorginho was in a midfield three because we know that it doesn't work, and we know that he's not really adept at tracking back, tackling running more than you know faster than me so those are my three questions really before we even got into the game yeah I mean Alonso's a wing back he's not a full back so it doesn't unless there is unless Aspilicueta is still injured from the cup final it made very little sense maybe he's not not fit for 90 minutes yet well yeah but I mean even even so if he could have come on at say 50, 60 minutes to shore up the defensive line a little bit. But again, if if he's not fully fit, he probably shouldn't be having to deal with Trent Alexander-Arnold on, a, on an overlap. So it's it would be grossly unfair to put him in that position. Jorginho, I think I've made my um, opinions clear on him. Um, if he gets 10 yards of space, he's fine. But the minute there's pressure on him, he struggles. Uh, the game at Anfield, he didn't tackle back on when knowing Liverpool a blistering on the counter-attack. He was absolutely useless in trying to stop it. I think one positive was Kansai looked like he'd had his, had a few, had his um, back to full fitness. I was quite impressed by him, yeah. but he can't do it on his own. And we need to sort that out. Havertz, I'm not going to make a judgment on him yet. I don't think he's, well, he's not had a full, he got subbed at Brighton and this time he was withdrawn at half time for tactical reasons. Um, I heard he was injured. I heard he got injured as well, actually. Oh, okay, but it would have made everyone was I saw on social media was saying Havertz off Samori on at half time. I was. Um, oh, okay. He said Jorginho, but he did yeah. he? No, no. I'll tell you exactly. If you bear with Jorginho. me, no, no. I, well, I, yeah, of course I hooked him. I said, I said that Aspie on Jorginho off go four four one. So Kepa, James, Aspie, Zuma, Alonso, Mount, Kante, Kovacic, Havertz, Werner, lone man up front with pace to to hit him on the break. Do you think? As well, I think um, going f- he only went four for one at two nil down. Well, it's too I late. Then. Jo- he was just I know, trying exactly. to keep the score down. Exactly, he should have done. Uh, if, like you say, if he had done that at half time, it may it may have 
my Lampard out, Chijin. Lampard out, Chijin. You know it now. Now you start a movement, but yeah, it made, it, made, it would have made them more difficult to break down. They could have still, they could probably still beat us, but it wouldn't have been like over in ten minutes, as as it appeared to be here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just annoying losing to those bastards, really, isn't it? Martin, Fucking you hit open. the nail on the head. Now, listen, I've got I've got an email here uh, from. Somebody who's in Mixler, actually, who, who styles themselves as keep the blue flag flying high, int north. Uh, and he is in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, out him now. He's, he's actually Pierre Frizzell, and he's a lovely lad. And he says, he says, Dear Chidge, Jonathan and Co., I write this email to you. And th- I tell you, some of the words you use here, Pierre, have put me to shame. I had to go and look them up. Anyway, he said, I write this email to you with a great sense of dolor. Following our dispiriting it's de law, actually, de law. Thank, I knew I could bloody rely on uh, you. It could be douleur, and the French is douleur. No, it's the English use of the word. So, I know, just to tell you the, the root of it as well. So, I thought it came from the DeLorean motor car, but you know, yeah, that as well, of course, because it, yeah. it's, it's certainly got wings. Back to the future. Anyway, shall I start again? I write this email to you with Why a great. Are you sense. reading this one and not me? Because I am. Uh, I, I write this email because you've got loads. You've got alternate lo- Do you want to read it? it? Have you got it? Yeah. Well, go yeah. on then, you smart ass. Bloody read yeah. the email. I'm not a smart ass. You, it was Dan suggested that I look at my phone. I've got my phone here. <laughs> yeah. Um, dear Chid, Jonathan and Co. Pierre Frizel. Pierre Frizel, I write this email to you with a great sense of douleur, following our dispiriting loss to Liverpool, and yet with a marked sense of optimism following some overwhelmingly encouraging performances from some of our players. I'm sure you'll have forensically analysed both the glaring, obvious errors from the game and the subtly nuanced areas in which we measured short against a frustratingly cogent Liverpool side. Cogent thinking, you know, getting it together. But it is undeniable that not everything gave us cause to be down in the doldrums. Once we've got past the two errors that changed the game, we realise that severely that, that that we realise the severely depleted squad were able to match up against a team that are said with gritted teeth the champions of England and recent champions of Europe. So, without further ado, here are my star performers from this week's game. Kurt Zuma did everything we could have asked, was solid at the back, took no chances either. He's looking more and more likely to be our first-choice centre-back alongside Thiago Man Mountain Silva. Fikayo Tomori, perhaps a controversial one, but I thought when he came on, he was extremely sharp, quick and alert for a player who hasn't played in a long time. I agree completely, but that creates a conundrum. Why hasn't he played in a long time? Bizarre. Anyway, in my eyes... Tomori has all the attributes of Christensen, but is slightly stronger and a better header of the ball. Kante and Golo bloody Kante. He was absolutely everywhere tonight, all over the pitch, nipping the ball away consistently, sharp on the ball too. I've honestly not seen Kante play this well since the Europa League final. Cue injury. Kovacic. We definitely missed Kovacic's dynamism against Brighton. He was electric on the ball tonight. He linked up well with Havertz and there were signs of a frightening partnership there. I think, though, the stats say otherwise, actually. Um, Werner, last and certainly not least, Turbo Timo, or as as Chidge calls him, um, uh, Team O Werner. Uh, What a player, the Irishman. What a player he is. (laughs) He was an effervescent present, effervescent present, surely, all over the, as opposed to present, which is something completely different, all over the pitch tonight, uh, because it's not Christmas fizzing around the pitch, making something out of nothing in a way that we haven't seen since Hazard left. 
When he took hold of the ball and started accelerating, he seemed also almost extraterrestrial, with all other players on the pitch appearing quite sublunary. Oh, my God, he's an alien. He, he alone is enough to fill me with hope of springs eternal. Other players I thought deserved a mention for good performances were Abraham, who was a definite threat when he came on, and Havertz, who seemed to be a lot closer to the pace of the Premier League and more in tune with everyone around him compared to last week. I'll be glad to hear JK's thoughts on his performance. Well, I thought he just strolled about a bit and then got substituted, but never mind. Thanks again for all you do and can't wait to tune into the next show. Thanks, Pierre. Keep the blue flag flying high. Um, uh, in North in Mixler. Good old, good old Pierre. Should it be? Is that in the north of France? Well, yeah. I, I'm presuming it's in the in the frozen north of England, but I could be wrong. Um, I'm going to talk to the boys because you know, uh, otherwise they'll be wondering what on earth they're here for. Dan, well, what what I think I I'm I think Pierre's effusive with his praise, but I think he has some very valid points in there. Yeah, I mean, for me, Tamore's performance was was fantastic. It's really good to see him there, and he and he he was ever so slightly vocal, which is quite unusual because he was doing a lot of pointing. Um. Uh, that's that's going to be the, you know the fascinating point. What happened from February? Oh, well, yeah. I don't think we'll ever know. Something yeah. behind the scenes, I suspect. Yeah, I thought I thought good to see Angolo look you know like his old self. He looked he looked quick. He looked all over the place. It wasn't it wasn't a dreadful performance. You know, it was it wasn't it was disappointing rather than dreadful. And you know, as we said before, the, the whole game changed on what on the sending off. I thought no, there were some some good points. Um, tomorrow though, yeah, I think he's hopefully. Got himself back in the starting starting lineup, possibly. I was going to be Silver and one of, you know, Zuma or Tomore um, as the second centre half, I'd imagine. And then does he keep Rudiger or is he Sir Christensen? Because we can't keep five centre halves. It's going to be an interesting sort of next three weeks before the window closes. Mm. Martin, what say you? I mean, I, I, I'm, I, you know, in particular, I think Werner was brilliant yesterday. I really felt for him because he was trying to do it all on his own. Uh, and the fact that he tried should be applauded, but he can't. I thought, I, I'm I'm really impressed at the moment with Zuma and James, for that matter, but particularly Zuma, who is looking every inch a decent central defender being let down by Christensen. But Zuma, massive thumbs up for me. And I agree, tomorrow he looked good when he came yeah, on. He stepped up, hasn't he? Yeah, 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 they, I, yeah definitely. I mean, apart from Martin Tyler not being able to distinguished Zuma from Tamori when he was doing the commentary, <laughs> right, but good. that was unbelievable. It's like all, everything that's been talked about over the last few months, then he does that. So unconscious bias, mate. I, think they I, thought, I don't know what it was. I think it's unconscious fucking blindness in his case. One's wearing 15, the other's wearing 14. Um, but you know, back on track, I think, yeah, Zuma of our centre-backs thus far, obviously silver, hasn't come in yet. Zuma's looked the most impressive. Um, I think the, the thing that brought it home to me was when he took that shot where no man ever wants to take a shot against Brighton and who's able to, you know, jump for the header when most normal people would be getting sick on the floor. So he's he's been on form. And yeah, Tamori, for someone who has been in the wilderness as long as he has been and was not too far off, been loaned to Everton, apparently. Um, he came in and looked like he'd never been away. Hopefully he keeps that up and gets a chance to keep keep that momentum going because it's very weird what happened last I think I think I'm sorry Martin to butt in I think Tamori is potentially the best centre back we've got that's why I've never understood why there's been this hoo-ha about him yeah well it was one of those he would occasionally make a mistake in a game but he looked like it wouldn't knock his confidence so he could come back into it and um, he'd 
he'd actually grow as the game went on and look more assured. So he'd be maybe a little bit skittish in minute 10, but by minute 40, he's dominating the play. I also agree with what you said about Reese James. I think he has improved a lot, certainly from after the lockdown, where he looked a little bit um, uncertain. He looks much more comfortable now. Can I just make a point about Reese James? I, I agree completely. I think he, he's um, he's looking excellent. And uh, because Lamptey is playing so well for, for Brighton, um, James perversely has come under a lot of stick because they're, everybody's saying... Only by why, idiots. Yeah. Why was that? Well, nonetheless, still stick. Um, but why has Lamptey been let go? He wasn't he let go. That's the yeah, thing. No, he wasn't. He wasn't let go. He... he he refused to sign a contract. Well he, he? well, he backed himself to be playing first team football, and yeah. lo and behold, that's exactly what he's doing. I say okay. fair play to him and well David, done. Yeah. David, yeah. Ornstein, David Ornstein said that um, Chelsea wanted to keep him and send him out on loan, but as, as Martin said, he he thought, no, I'm, I'm good enough to play because he's, you know, he wouldn't get past Reese James in the next ten years, all being well. Yeah, but, he, but he's right. But, re, but they're all saying that he's better than Reese James now. He's not. Reece James. Rhys James, James is the future to me. I think Rhys James yeah. is going to be a fabulous player. And also, I really do. My issue with, I know it's completely digressive, my issue with Tarek Lambdies, he's not, he's quite short. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't belittle him like that. Oh, <laughs> very good. Oh. Right, I'm going to move this on, um, really, because and I think that, that, that this will segue in, into these two kind of issues I want to talk about are going to segue. I, I actually have to say, I still think we've got a bit of a problem in midfield. Uh, and I think a lot was talked about. Uh, there are sometimes when Twitter isn't full of stupidity, and and I think there are you know the, the occasion yesterday was people saying, look, the midfield's all too fucking similar, and I have to agree. I think Kante, Kovacic, and Jorginho are all in in a sense similar kind of players. They certainly don't score enough goals or create enough in my book. And and I think you know to resolve this. I mean, you know, this is the thing. Football is not a complicated game. It's a very simple game, complicated by, by by managers, I think. But the reality is basics, isn't it? What do you want in a midfield? Let's assume we're, we're talking a 4-3-3 here. You need a destroyer. You know, somebody who can protect the back four, win the ball, break up the opposition play, and pass it to somebody who's more creative. Okay, but you need a destroyer. You need a box-to-box player. You need a bloke who can arrive late in the penalty area, get on the end of uh, you know second balls and score, pass well, but also track back and do last-ditch tackles. You know, I mean, I, 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 Jonathan and I will remember this. Dan too, maybe. But I mean, Brian Robson was one mm. of the best players I have ever seen at that. I mean, he was, uh, he is, he is actually, and I, I know it's sacrilegious to say this he was one of my favorite all-time players but you need a box to frank lampard in a sense was a box-to-box midfield player you need something like that but of course you also need a creator you need you need a guy with skill and vision who can drift in the spaces put people through play people in between the lines as people like saying for me that's what you need in midfield we don't have that we really really don't have that but i do think i do think that we could because I think you can have Kante or Kovacic as the destroyer, you can have Mount as the box-to-box player, and you can have Havertz as the creator, leaving, of course, for the front three, Werner and the and two wingers. Uh, what say you, Martin? Yeah, I mean that looks it looks it looks fairly um bit more attacking threat from midfield. I mean you could almost interchange that a little bit because you know Havertz at six foot two. 
could play as a second striker if the circumstances require and you're just punting long balls in. Um, I'm interested to see how um, Hakim Ziyech comes in when he's fit to play because um, I think he'll the creativeness up front and it also it allows Mount to drop back and do his thing. I, I think Mount's a shit house in training. I think <laughs> he could be a right little bastard in midfield rather than playing in front of a yeah. in the wide or the forward three. But he's playing on the wing a lot, isn't he at the moment? Yeah, he's but yeah, when I think he he would he's prefer he would prefer to play in midfield and um yeah as long as Kante stays fit, I think that has potential. But as with Kante and as with the Pierre was saying it's a big if and he's, he's kind of worried about him getting injured in the next game. Well, and, and Dan, come in and then I'm going to go, kind of Martin's brilliantly segued, he's, he's clearly looking at my, I've done a my first 11 plus the squad, so what I've done is I've picked what, what, what I would have as my first 11 and then, you know Jonathan's always going on about this, we need 25 players who are, who are roughly equal in ability and I've kind of done that, but before I get into that Dan well, my point was leading tax. I think we'll end up creating a four-two-three-one formation, you know, with with Kovacic or Mount or Kante as two, and then you, I mean, you've got to have have a Ziyech and Pulisic. They're going to be the front three with Werner as a striker. That's probably going to be our our four moving forward, and I think and then you've got to change the the two of the more defensive mode because you say you put Kovacic and Mount next to each other. That's a really fairly solid because you know Mount's got real press. Or, or Kante, or Kante, or Kante, yeah, or Kante, yeah. Although. You know, that's the whole thing. It's, it's a squad game, you know. I think those front four pick themselves if they're all fit. I think that's, you know, you spent that much money, you've invested that much. Those are your front three with Werner. Those two, then you've got three into two with the defensive midfielders, so to speak, and then you've got a variation at the back. Yeah, I mean, um, sorry, do you want to finish, Dan? Or is that... No, I was going to say, so yeah, then, then you've got, you know, the keeper, Kepper, or not gone. Um, yeah, so well, let, let's let's get into what I've put. I mean, I'll, I'll just listen, and then I'll, then I'll bring uh, bring the the the, uh, the wise sage that is Jonathan Kidd into the uh, into the paradigm. Uh, so my, my my he's looking utterly shocked, but I've actually copied his idea. I mean, I'm, I, I am giving him due deference here, as I always do, although he denies it. Um, right, my my <laughs> my first eleven would be Mendy, James at right back, Silver. Uh, and Zuma as a central defender's Chilwell left back. I've gone four three three, but I, I'm with Dan. It could go either way. I think the key thing is, Kante is is my destroyer. Mount is absolutely my box to box player. Stop playing him as a number ten. Stop playing him as a winger. Put him into the midfield. He's got the legs, the energy, the dynamism. He can also run. He can tackle. He can shoot, and he can score goals. He is the second coming of Frank Lampard if it works out properly. Put him in midfield. Anyway, you either have so you have Count Kante and Kante, Kante and Mount as either a two or Kante Mount and Havertz as a three because I think Havertz absolutely needs to be put into this kind of creative midfield role. And then you've got Pulisic, Werner, and Zayech. But the second team is equally interesting, and this is where I really want to you know pick J- uh, J.K.'s brains here because you want players who are as good, who can come in and do a job. Now, okay, goalkeeper were a bit, bit wobbly on because Caballero would be your backup. Aspie would be J- James's backup. Tomore would be Silva's backup, I think, more than adequate. Christensen and Alonso as backups for Zuma and Chilwell, I've highlighted in yellow because they are not up to the job and that is a weakness that we have, I think. But nevertheless, three decent centre-backs out of uh, maybe four is not too bad. Hang on a second, Dan. Um... 
Unless you want, you got a point about that. Well, you know, just say if you if you get to pick the four centre backs, uh, really good question. So, which one would you keep? I forgot entirely about Rudiger, haven't I? Yeah. What an Did absolute have... brain fart! I'm gonna because I can. The magic oh, I can't actually because it's a photo that I've. I, yeah, stupid of me. Rudiger's rumored to be having an affair with Marina. Is he being rude? You can't say that because that could be utterly libelous. Libelous. Said allegedly. I just said. Did you? I said no, Rudiger's Rud- a real proper family man. I'd be very rumored. Rumored. I know it's dreadful. I agree, but it was—it's a rumor that's been going around for ages. This just sounds like the same bollocks with Ivanovic and um, Doctor. Can- yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that should be treated with the contempt it deserves. Yeah, I think we've just done that. There we go. Not—not not treating you with the contempt you deserve. No, Jonathan, no, I, treating no, but also, with no, no, but I'm, I'm not even sure how that contributes to anything. I'm just intrigued as to how that somebody has. Well, come I'm, up with I'm astonished that I actually yeah. bloody forgot he existed, which is nuts, isn't it? Because he's way better than uh, Christensen, I think. Anyway, yeah. going back to my midfield. Uh, Barkley, I think you know, is 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 okay as as a as an alternative to you know for a creative kind of number ten like player. Kovacic and Kante, you know, you either have one or the other. But I'd prefer Kante. You've still got Billy Gilmore in the wings, uh, and and I think Loftus Cheek, all things being equal, is is potentially your box to box player. And what's that to uh, to a Well, hang on, I'm getting there. Uh, right. Wingers, Pulisic and uh, and Zayac, as I said, Hudson Odoi. You, you swap in for Pulisic. The interesting thing, we, we, we're light on a winger, unless I've forgotten somebody else. Uh, but, of course, Werner and Havertz can also play can also play wide. So I still think you're covered there. And, of course, Tammy Abraham stroke Giroud for Werner. So I actually think, apart from Christensen and Alonso, in any way I'd put in Rudiger for Christensen, and Barkley, yes, I know, not a good enough starter, but he can still do a job, I think. I think, actually, you've almost got the makings there, JK, of a decent 24. I don't know. I'm still. Uh, uh, I, I think we've. Been oh, by more... the way, sorry, sorry, very quickly. Yeah. Jorginho yeah. doesn't get in my squad. Let me make that abundantly clear. No, I, I don't. Th- well, I, I don't think Jorginho should ever play with Kovacic again. I think because this whole process of of having midfielders who can actually score as well is so relevant, and other other better teams have got that, and 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 we we've just got to accept that neither of them is good enough. You play one of them. You don't play both. I wouldn't play Jorginho again. He's too slow for me. Just quickly, Jonathan, um, on on that point, yeah. you know, if you've got Havertz and Mount in midfield, and we don't know about Havertz yet, but one presumes he's got a track record of scoring. Mount can yeah. score both in midfield. If you've got yeah. Barkley and Loftus Cheek in midfield with Kante, both of them can score. Have proved it. Even Kante can score. So actually, immediately you've got a midfield with players that can score, which is the thing that we've had a problem with all year. Well, I, I don't think you should include Cheek in that because I don't think he's going to play I, for a bit. All things being equal. Squad, yeah, squad right, right. Say again? Say again. Squad game yeah. we're talking about. No, indeed, indeed. No, but I still don't think he's he's going to get in the squad. I, I should, he should, we're talking about, you know, let's be brutal here. Um, I, I I don't think Barkley's good enough. I don't think uh, Alonso's good enough. Alonso's, we, we keep going on about it. Alonso is great going forwards, but he just He's isn't, not a left back. He's not a left back. And if Frank wants to play that setup, then he shouldn't get in the side. Emerson, of course, is, is you know, we keep hearing he's going, but uh, nobody seems to want to buy him. They cannot hang on to these players like this. It's becoming absurd. Um, I, I, I presume that they're all very active in trying to get rid of them. Um, but I, I, I know I don't think, Chidge, we're there yet. I still think we're... Um... I, I, do you know, I would I would agree with you on that. I think, I think if we were being really ruthless on there, you could say, backup keeper... Uh, a fourth centre back, 
Although Rudiger, yeah. I think, isn't as bad as he's, he's, he was made to look. So let's say backup keeper, backup left back, uh, another decent backup midfielder. Maybe Gilmore is that player. Who knows? And a backup winger. So I'd say we're, we're still four light. But we don't know what's coming through with the youth because the trouble is is that half of them get loaned out. I mean, Matson, of course, is a superb player. Andrin is a superb player, potentially. So who knows? Right, we better move on because time, time is a time is a moving on too. Um, I just wanted to wrap this up really with a point that Dan made earlier on, uh, and I and I made in, on the Twitter thing earlier on is that a bit like a bottle of Grolsch, Dan, this team is just not ready yet. Um, now clearly we know that Silva's got to come in, we know that Chilwell's got to come in, we know that Aspie's got to get fit, we know that Pulisic has got to get fit, we know that Havertz has got to get up to speed. My feeling is is that this is not going to happen until after the next uh, international break, which is after the weekend of the 10th of October. In the meantime, we've got to navigate our way past Barnsley in the Caribou Cup on Wednesday, West Brom uh, away next Saturday, and the week after, Palace, I think, at home. Uh, To be brutally frank, Dan, irrespective of whether or not we're not going to be in any shape ready until after the international break, I do think we need three wins to restore some confidence. Yeah, I think we, I think we, we should get through wins. I think we'll we'll put a fairly strong team against Barnsley. We should we should put them to the sword. You know, West Brom started very badly. They lack a lot going forward. And pa- well, Palace Palace won't be easy because they got a great result against United for week, didn't they? Ever? I think if we score first, we'll happily get a goal and shut up shop because they're so well organised and try and catch something on the counter. I think, um, I think Wednesday is very important for Adoy. I think Adoy has to play on Wednesday and yeah, play I well. We'll, I think we'll see Rude. I think we'll see, we'll see, well, we'll see a William goal, probably see um, Aspi if he's fit. Rudiger. Uh, Rudiger. Um, <laughs> I guess Zuma or Tamori because uh, Christian suspended. Left back, we'll probably see Alonso. I think we'll see Barkley, Loftus Cheek, Adoy, Giroud, or maybe Abraham. And then fill in the blanks, the rest. I, th- I think, listen, we're more than capable with what we, who's fit and who's available to get three wins. Yeah, I mean... Also, yeah, we have to go to play Spurs or, or in, in the Cup as well the week well, after then, that. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that yet, yeah. although that's... Martin was telling me earlier on with, with uh, Orient going down with COVID, that, that makes everything very complicated. What I would say, though, Martin, was that actually, you know, we did beat Brighton 3-1 away with, you know, a team that is in no way, sh- shape or form ready yet. And actually, Brighton are clearly a much better team than perhaps we all thought they were, the way they dispatched Newcastle at the weekend. Uh, so, you know, I'm with Dan. It's I don't think it's uh, unfeasible at all that we should, should win our next three games. And hopefully by the time the international breaks come over, we get these players in, we'll start looking a little bit more like the team that Frank wants this season. I think the expectation should be that they win those three games. Um, I also think with, you know, instant judgment that you get, in football commentary these days we've been written off for everything so this gives us a few weeks to get our house in order get rid of the ones that we don't want to keep although I would say that it may be a bit more difficult to sell players off or loan players out this this transfer window purely because of the financial hit clubs have taken with COVID but um, yeah we'll get written off we can get ourselves in order and you know come October November time we're still contending top four and we look a little bit more fluent in our play and organised in our 
defence, but there is there's a lot a lot of progress to be made, and it will be made as we see these players come in, like said Chilwell, Zayek, Pulisic, etc. Yeah, uh, J.K. Final point to you, Monami. Um, it was interesting to hear Neville um, write us off after two games uh, on uh, on Sky yesterday, and just saying there is a huge gulf between. Liverpool and Chelsea and I would agree there was a gulf yesterday but to actually assess this setup at the moment is completely absurd given that there are six players to come in and we don't quite know what tactics Frank is going to employ employ with these six players but at the moment he appears to be interested in making them defensively a better unit which will be really help with a different goalkeeper but other than that I'm I'm impressed by the resilience of them defensively, but I think at the moment the emphasis is too much on defending and not enough on uh, the potential that the team has for a, a fantastic one-touch passing, as was revealed at the beginning of last season. So Frank has to make a decision. And even the the Everton game, which was such a great moment for me when we beat them 4-0, and, uh, and he seemed to have come up with um, a way of playing that, that was between two stools. It was both defensively good and mid, the midfield was great based around Gilmore. And weirdly, Giroud was there. So clearly, to, I, I fear that Giroud actually may spend the whole of the season not playing very often. I think that there's a possibility there, which would be a shame because I'm a big, big Oli Giroud. Giroud. I mean, you know, the injuries do happen. And I think what we are seeing is that, that remember that the the pace at which games are going to be coming this season because they're cramming True. into short space it will lead to injuries but there you go right very quick plug for the Chelsea special uh, we've uh, done interviews with Kerry Dixon Bobby Tambling Chopper Harris Tommy Baldwin Johnny Boyle Johnny Bumpstead Gary Chivers Colin Pates Paul Cannaville uh, and also Danny Harkins you can download all of these interviews at chelseaspecial.podbean.com uh, for a small charge for each one of £2.99 to cover the cost of production. All you have to do is go to chelseaspecial.podbean.com, as I said, and you click on Buy Single Episode Now uh, to listen to or download the episode that you want. And, of course, uh, you can follow the Chelsea Special at Chelsea underscore special. Right, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, we will be back on air next Monday to look back at the West Brom and the Barnsley games and look ahead to the match against Crystal Palace. And, of course, I will be joined by Jonathan... It would be rude not to be. And uh, Dane Whittle and Mark Meehan. Uh, now, we'll also uh, hopefully have uh, the uh, next two uh, instalments of the 50 Years of Chelsea. Uh, there's one already in the can, which is the 1990-91 to season. And we're recording tomorrow the 1991-92 season. I will endeavour to get those out. A busy week this week because uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, or is it Wednesday? Possibly Tuesday or maybe Wednesday. I'll have... The preview of the Chelsea Barnsley Caribou Cup tie, and then on Friday I will release the preview of the Chelsea or the West Brom Chelsea Premier League match. So there you go, lots coming your way. Oh, and of course, of course, last but no, my name is least, we will have uh, we're kind of siphoning off the emails from the show, and it'll be called the Chelsea Fancast Post Bag or something like that. If I can come up with a better name before I release it, I will. But that's what will be coming out too. Now, Chelsea Fancast is available as a podcast on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify, and Amazon. And Amazon. You can say, and I, I, I hesitate to do this, because what will happen is it will now go on, but Alexa, play Chelsea Fancast, and it will do it. Didn't hear me. 
Oh no, it did. Alexa, stop. <laughs> right. So, but honestly, it does work. It. Do, I tried it the other night. So we can. We're now on on uh, on Amazon, which is amazing. So there you go. Um, lots of other uh, podcast distributors too, and uh, the CFC Blues app. Uh, who who basically host loads and loads of podcasts, including us, uh, have got a little app which they talk about here. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Now, uh, many of you, much to my utter delight and embarrassment, uh, donate money to uh, the Chelsea Fancast every month uh, in the Patreon page, which is absolutely wonderful because it really does help. There are, but you wouldn't believe it. There's quite a lot of cost to, to doing all these shows, uh, so it helps me kind of recoup some of my money that I spend on that. Um, and it's a good way of keeping in touch with us as well. Really, I, I'm I'm very open to, you know, having a natter with people on Patreon, as you all know. And occasionally we come up with some some different things uh, that are only for Patreon members. So uh, no pressure at all. As you know, the Chelsea Fancast is an absolute no-pressure show. So if you want to donate, brilliant. If you don't, no problem. I love you all the same. Uh, anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Uh, and uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Martin at Martin underscore Wickham, and Dan at DanSilves73. And of course... Uh, we are on Instagram and Facebook, and that is also at Chelsea Fancast. Gentlemen, you have been marvellous and wonderful, and uh, I will say thank you to you all individually. Martin. Thanks very much. Good to be here. Lovely. Mr. Silver. Yeah, great to be back. Thank you for having me. And Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hugely enjoyable. Fantastic company. Well done, Chidge. Good lovely, show. Lovely. Now, there we go. Uh, all you people in Mixler, massive big love and a kiss to you too. You've been brilliant. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.